0: it's not a, it's not a miracle that we've performed <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you could Hi and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All podcast. I'm your host W Curtis Preston, aka Mister Backup, and with me I have my YouTube medical consultant Prasanna Mali Gandhi. How's <laughs> it going,
2: I'm good. I actually don't think YouTube allows you to do medical advice. I think that's against their <laughs> terms of policy. Just saying. I, well, I
1: know you can. I'm just saying that you have <laughs> you have not you have not given me medical advice, but we have discussed medical okay. issues, and I believe that all of your training comes from YouTube.
2: That is, yeah, that's fairly accurate. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> How are well, you, you feeling, been, by the way, Curtis? Oh,
1: I am not. Like I said, I, I well, I, um, I'm pretty sure I got food poisoning a couple of days ago, and it's it's not it's not it's been not been a good, good couple of days. But, uh, Ugh. anyway, um, well, I so, hope you feel better soon. Yeah, I will. I, I you know, I mean, I already feel better, but you know, it's. You know, it's a matter of degrees. Are you still on your brat diet? I am still on my brat diet.
2: (laughs) And you should tell listeners what that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bananas, rice, apples, and toast. Completely, you know, uh, unflavored toast and no butter. And uh, I do put a little soy sauce. I cheat in. I put a little soy sauce on the rice. I just can't eat the white rice. But, but uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a fun, (laughs) it's been a fun couple of days. Oh man. I should mention our standard disclaimer. Uh, Persona works for Zoom. I work for Druva. This is not an official podcast of either company. These are our opinions. Also, please rate us on ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And if you've got an interesting story, if you're, you know, if any of these topics that we talk about interest you, then we'd love to talk to you. Come on in. The water's warm. It's a friendly environment. Uh, We do this. We record it. You know, we record it and then edit it. So, you know, you don't have to Worry about the stress of being live or anything like that. We do record this actually quite well in advance, and so if you want to do that, then contact me at WC Preston on Twitter or W Curtis Preston at Gmail. All right, time to bring on our guest. He has been in the IT industry almost as long as I have, and uh, done a variety of jobs. Uh, one of which was actually a consultant uh, at Veritas back when they were the, the first time they were Veritas uh, before they were Semantic, and um, uh, then. He's, for the last seven years, he's been the founder and CEO of StoneRam Limited. Welcome to the podcast, Simon Brown. Hi. Simon, I you know, I've been in backups about as long as you have, and I know that there is this problem. There has always been this problem. People are always moving around their backup products, right? I used to often say, much of the time, especially when you were a tape-based backup product, if you were... If your backups were tape based, chances are the problem was not your product. It was the pro. It was the problem was the configuration of your product. Um, so I was always pushing people not to just, you know, jump ship, not to immediately blame their backup product. Um, but I think that's become less of an issue in the disk based days because the backups now just they generally tend to work not the way they did under the tape based days. Meaning meaning that they run better than the tape based days. But people still now for a variety of reasons, they don't like how their backup product works. They don't like how it does recovery of a particular product, um, how it does ransomware recovery or something like that. And they want to move their product. And one of the problems that they have is that they, um, they have a bunch of backups from the product that they're currently using. And they're keeping them, in my opinion, a little bit longer than they probably should have but they still have this big pile of backups. Does that sound familiar? It
0: it does, although I'd say tape hasn't completely gone away. A lot of what we see are people that have kept things for potentially longer than they should have, but they're keeping it for long periods of time on tape and then are wanting to find a way of being able to access that but not have to necessarily use the same product that they use to create
2: it. Because the big thing is they don't necessarily want to pay for two backup solutions or have both backup solutions in their environment that they're managing, one for the new stuff and one for the old stuff, right? Especially if that old stuff can live for many, many, many years.
0: Yeah, and, and in a lot of cases, the the old stuff is, is all, all but been retired. Um, they don't have the clients anymore. They don't necessarily um, want to have to maintain a backup environment just for a restore, but they. Don't want to say uh, we haven't got access to it because in some cases they've got um, litigation reasons or whatever. It just means that the need to be able to show they could access it if they need to. I,
1: I agree with your thing of with your statement of um, the tape is not necessarily gone away. I'm just saying that I, I it, it does seem that the bulk of people have moved to disk of one sort or another as their primary. Uh, backup system and uh, i'd I'd say some people are probably still using tape as um as their secondary backup what i do see becoming increasingly rare is people using tape as their primary backup mechanism would you would you agree with that
0: oh yeah and and obviously the the reason that you also stated earlier that that there's um, more reliable backups is because they can do the first backup to disk very regularly and usually easily and then the issues of what do they do with a, a secondary copy or, or whatever um, becomes less of an issue um, and, and that's why disk I think is is the future and has taken off so well um, but one of the things that I've, I'd say is the reasons that people are looking to move between products more comes down to the features that it holds. If uh, a vendor is too late to add in support for something that's that's pretty much bleeding edge these days, then people look for a, an alternative solution that supports it immediately. And that's what kickstarts the whole thing of them then looking to, to move the whole product over to something else.
2: Do you see, though, in those environments that customers are willing to kind of Throw out the baby with the bathwater, if you will, <laughs> with their old product, and completely move to the new product just for that one use case. Or do you see it more likely that they move to that new use case for that uh, for the new product, and then over time they slowly roll out the rest and retire their old backup product?
0: It depends on how aggressive the, <laughs> um, the sales team are um, in in selling the the features and and the reasons that they should adopt the new product, I think, to some extent.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that.
0: I, I have seen uh, a lot of people throwing the, the baby out with the bathwater, but only because they're looking to, to follow what has been recommended to them by a, a really good SE that may be not telling them that there's more complications involved in what they're doing than, yes, the new product supports these things.
1: I'd, I'd say that probably the primary example of what you're saying, Simon, is going back again many years, um, was when virtualization really came onto the scene. And a lot of products like Veritas, like TSM, uh, Commvault, they didn't necessarily immediately adopt the best way to back up VMware. I, I remember, um, you know, being in many customers and having to say, well, you know, um, the best way to back up VMware is to just put an agent in every machine. And that's just a horrible way to back up VMware. Right. Um, and, uh, that, that basically created the market for Veeam and its competitors. And so, so, uh, in that case, they did move primarily for that workload. Um, and honestly, Specifically with Veeam, it was only that workload because that was the only workload they could do at the time. But um, but I, I I do agree that that some of them uh, and many of them move entirely right in en mass to uh, th- th- basically because one of the things I've always I've always said that and this is before I worked you know for anyone who is <laughs> rolling their eyes about now this is before I worked for a backup company that sold a product. And that is, I've always been a fan of starting with your requirements. Are your requirements being met? And if you um, have to move to a- another product because your requirements aren't being met, I think and have always thought that it's better to have a product that, that well, A, it has to meet your requirements, but B, assuming it meets your requirements, I would rather you have a backup product that is semi-awesome than having three backup products that are very awesome in three different workloads, right? Having the best, you know, backup product for VMware, the best backup product for uh, Kubernetes and containers, and the best backup product for Microsoft 365, right? Um, I would much rather because it, it's the whole it's the whole complexity issue. Backups are complex enough. You know, even though you'd think, the, how hard can this be? Copying something from A to B, but <laughs> backups are complex enough that don't make it more complex by purposefully running multiple backup products if you don't have to do that. Which, does that make sense, Simon?
0: It it does, and a lot of it comes down to the the ability to to skill your staff to manage all of those products or in in large enterprises end up with completely different teams that that manage each of them and you know there's there's business cases to keep those costs down as well as you know keeping it simple
1: yeah i think it's it's both a cost issue um but for me it's primarily a risk issue right it's not easy to know and understand and keep up with three different backup products. It's hard enough to keep up with one backup product, right? Um, And to make sure that you're configuring your backups in an optimum way. Um, One of the things I've seen, for example, when people move from, say, Networker to Veritas or Veritas to TSM or TSM to Veeam, is that they configure the, 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 the new product the way the old product used to be configured because it's the product that they understand. And while that was a perfectly valid configuration for the old product, it's not a valid configuration for the new product. I mean, it may work, but it's not gonna work optimally, right? So then that's, and when you have three products, two or three products running simultaneously, that problem I think happens, you know, every day.
0: Definitely, um, and from the, the way that we approached how we would look at, at helping people migrate from product A to product B, um, initially we started looking at, well, how can we move their configuration across? And to be honest, not many people want to use do that for moving their configuration um, for the simple reason that you're not going to get the features and benefits of the new product if you try and make it work like the old product.
2: <laughs> So as customers are looking to move from one backup product to another, right, there's all that old data sitting around. So what do they do with that?
0: There's various things that they have done in the past and that they could do. And then we sort of look at how do we see there there being something that makes it easier to to do the whole thing through an automated approach but you know in in the past they would look at well do we just turn it off do we need that data can we get by without it and then if you need it in the future well we use a dr company to pull the data back and and you know, it's a question of how often you're going to need that old data versus how much does a DR company charge you to to recover the data when you don't have any of the, the catalog or anything else in order to achieve it. Um, other options are you, you have a minimum-sized footprint for the old environment, but you've still got to administer multiple environments. Then um, you can look to to run things in in parallel you can look to virtualize them and and leave them on cold standby and yeah there's there's a few options but all of them require you to maintain skills maintain knowledge about the old environment in order to still get access to that data so you know unless you are in a situation where you can just power it off and forget about it it's a problem
2: and so there's that ongoing cost, if you will, that you're constantly going to be paying as long as that data exists.
0: Yeah, whether you're paying that for the vendor to support and maintain the old product, whether you're paying that for the hardware that the old product is sitting on, or whether you're paying that for the retaining of the, the skills within the, the staff that you use in order to manage your environments. There's, there's definitely a cost there.
2: And I think that's probably something a lot of companies miss as they're looking at migrating to a new product is the other costs associated. It's not just the software cost.
0: Correct. You know, having to to manage and administer and retain the the skills is is something that is frequently overlooked.
1: Exactly. Um, So I guess, you know, in the, in the, (laughs) in the, uh, in the vein of the, you know, massive softball question, uh, so, what do you do about that?
0: <laughs> so, what what we s- saw was this this problem, and um, working predominantly in the in the Veritas space, and having been involved in a lot of migrations of, of Veritas to Veritas, um, and, and around that, we were constantly seeing people saying, "Oh, I've got this old environment," and. I'd like to know if I can do something similar in order to get the data out. And so we we looked at it and we we found that we can um, take the, the the content of of one vendor's catalog, whether it's TSM or something like that, and we can read that and ingest it and and make it so that the other vendor, in most cases where we've we've done this so far, it's been Veritas, can then um, look at it and go, okay, yeah. I'll hold that information in my catalog. And should you want to restore it, you restore it through Veritas, uh, through the NetBackup interface. Um, but when it comes to actually reading the original data, tran- uh, our solution Transman sits in the middle and starts to uh, convert the data in line so that Veritas can actually understand the data as well as know what's in the catalog.
1: So uh, I guess I'm I'm not quite sure how you do that. Um... So you're saying it sounds like you're wanting to help people convert to Veritas but also the ability to convert away from Veritas what which way are you going or does it matter The
0: the, the main thing that we've got where we can um convert a a catalog into another vendor's catalog today is moving um into Veritas But we can also use the same technology that we've created to allow us to recover any data from the the various vendors that we support directly back to network-based file systems. Now, because we've got that ability to recover the data back to network-based file systems in an automated approach, so we can automate the creation of folders within the file systems with dates and times that. the, the image was originally backed up, sort of creating part of the folder structure, but also retaining all the original dates and times of the, when the files were originally created and, and so on, we can look at how that could potentially be restored into things such as Convault's object store or directly onto Cohesity storage um, so that effectively other backup products can use the data that we've just automated the full recovery and ingestion um, back over to to the other side
2: so it looks like there are a couple things or many things you guys do uh, one is sort of that catalog transformation but that flow you just talked about restoring to Cohesity or something else or ConVault object store in that case that doesn't necessarily require like that could be done standalone correct Without another backup software running it, or does that always require something to know about the catalog of the old stuff before you can do this restore?
0: No, I mean um, we we can we can work quicker if we've got the original backup environment, so we can read its catalog and use that to help us identify how data is um, structured and and follows each other. Think of it if you've got. Um, a single backup that spanned over 10 tapes. You ideally want to know the order in which you want to read those tapes um, so that you can process them more efficiently. Um, But we can also import files and media records um, directly. I mean, we're working with one customer currently whereby they've, um, they've, had their data exported from TSM to export files. And they've got a folder full of export files, but no access to the the TSM anymore. And we're just helping them retrieve all that data so that it will then be put straight onto QCity.
1: So for for the products that you support, uh, we'll get to the Veritas part in a minute, but for the products that you support, which sounds like the usual suspects, you're able to basically, without the assistance of the original backup product, understand the catalog and essentially restore everything that's sitting there into a file system structure that could be based on things like date, host name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that then you could do something with that, such as back it up to a new backup product. Does that make sense? Is that, is that accurate? Yeah
0: yes uh, we, we I could expand a little bit on some of the areas there but overall you've 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 described what it is that we do for our recovery without vendor side of the product so there's 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 three key streams to to what we do with transman um recovery without vendor, whereby we take the data from media or from the original backup product if it's running enough to get give us the catalog, um, and we allow the automated file recovery to network shares, which can automatically sweep into the backup products like you said. Um, we have the migration between vendors, which is predominantly going from some of the, the, the bigger legacy um, backup vendors over to Veritas net Backup. And we also have um, an ability to to migrate between the same vendor, which just allows for merges and splitting of the, the backup environments um, to make them more effective. And currently, we support that for both Veritas and Data
1: Protector. So basically, somebody has a, a bunch of NetBackup servers and they want to merge them all into one NetBackup server or the, or the opposite of that, where they realize that their backup server is, has outgrown itself and they want to spread it out to multiple backup servers. And you're able to divvy that out without the assistance of, in this case, NetBackup.
0: Um, well, you, you've got to have a NetBackup server that you're writing it into.
1: So what I'm saying is, you're doing this. NetBackup isn't doing this. You're doing it, right? Yes, of course, you have to have a NetBackup server to write to, because what would be the point of it, right? But, but you're 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 automating this on behalf of the customer. Y-
0: yes. Yeah, so the. the The original backup vendor doesn't have to be involved either through professional services or through custom tools of theirs to deliver this process. It is a a software-based solution that the customer, our solution is a software-based solution that the customer would be able to run to be able to select the backup environments that they want to discover, install the agent, and then select the backup environment that they want to Put it onto whether it's a one to a one, one to many, many to one, whatever combination you're looking at. Make your selections, what you want to move, where you're moving it, and hit the go button.
1: And when they do that selection, is it based on the host, like the client? Is that what they're selecting to migrate?
0: This is this is where it starts to get a lot more um, complex. And I, I'd say, <laughs> let me show you. Let me sh- let me show you a demo at this point.
1: <laughs> um if you're splitting up a net backup server, my question is on what basis would be would you be splitting up right if you're if you're moving a net backup server from one server into two servers uh, it would seem to me that you would say these ten clients to this server and these ten clients to that server
0: the, the client is the the smallest common denominator that you'd possibly be looking around but you're also looking at if there are media servers involved. Do some media servers go one way? Do some media servers go the other way? Um, are policies used by multiple clients, and therefore do you duplicate the policy so you've got one copy of it in each environment, but reduce the number of clients in it? So, it, yes, it is split on clients, but there's a lot of other things that we take into account um, as, as net backup as. as changed over the years and it's become more and more sort of complex you know going back to vmware support the most recent version 9 um and i think 8.3 introduced a whole load of additional stuff around recovery points and and things that all of a sudden it's not just about the client anymore (laughs) it's it's a lot more integrated and you know there's clientless or agentless um backups and restores that are, are taking place so we, we have to have a, a much deeper understanding of, of how the data is being held to be able to split that data out.
2: no that totally makes sense i actually like that third use case where you're able to migrate data from one catalog to another even for the same vendor i was also Initially, I was thinking, oh, why would you even do that? But I could think of another case. I know you talked about for efficiency, splitting it up. But as companies are going through mergers and acquisitions or even divesting uh, business units, right? that's usually a very difficult um, process figuring out, okay, I sold off a company or a part of my company. What happens with the backups? Because it's not like they could just forget about all their old backups. right? They still have to keep those around for whatever their retention needs are. And so... Having a tool like this to be able to split things out and automate that process definitely seems um, easier than trying to do it on your own.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, and again, going back a few years, um, I was involved in a a, a split of two companies, Um, one company splitting out into two subsequent companies. And it was, you know, it's it's from those experiences that I, I thought about these scenarios and thought, you know what? Because it is quite a complex process, the customer has a better understanding of what they want to achieve from a business aspect, but to get consultants involved and to go through the whole process is very time consuming and obviously can turn out to be quite costly. Um, but in order for them to meet their requirements of saying, well, you know, I this is going to be two separate business entities. At the end, we've got to make sure that each entity only knows about what it's supposed to know about, and it can't hold the financials and uh, you know accounting materials and, and be able to restore the data for the the part that it's not supposed to know about. So it's, it, it is a a lot more uh, a lot more interesting when it comes to to splitting out two companies others would think.
2: And this was before this company that you, or for this customer, you ended up splitting out their data for. Was this before you had the product or was this while you were doing your consultancy?
0: This was before the product was there and is when I was working in a former company um, as a consultant delivering, um, you know, migrations as a service.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering... Right. At that time, doing this manually probably took you quite a while and was probably very complex and required a lot of talking to various people and understanding things. Versus now, anyone can do this using Transman, right, and the software you provide um, in order for it to be more fully automated and makes it easier.
0: Correct. Um, you know, going back to, to the experience of, of when we used to do it as a, a manual process, um, not only was it time consuming, but the, the procedure, the order in which things needed to be done, made it incredibly complex. Because if you do things out of sequence, it just wouldn't work. Um, so the, the whole process of, of looking at automating solves two things. One, making sure it's repeatably able to do the correct thing. Um, and, and two, it makes it easier for the user to, to use themselves.
1: So um, it's interesting. So Simon, you know, I, I grew up around the likes of Veritas, but um, obviously these days I'm you know, not spending a lot of time in Veritas. Um, and I work for another company that um, has this problem right? Where we have a customer that, or a potential customer that would like to move to, you know, data protection as a service, and they are stuck with all of these old backups. And quite often they're Veritas or Commvault or, you know, whoever. And this idea of being able to, uh, you know, that my dream would be, a product that would somehow virtually present the backups as like a virtual file system. Like the, the one that you described where you're able to restore that the key part here is without the help of the backup product. I think that's really important to, to automate this process, to restore it to a storage array and, and, and sort of uh, divvy it out in such a way that you could go back in and, and rest, uh, back that up. Um, My dream, and and I know your product doesn't do this, um, uh, at least not yet. (laughs) My dream would be is a backup product that could literally virtually present all of the backups that are on disk in in a competing product. And we could just backup the the old backups directly from that backup server. I I think that would be uh, an amazing thing. But the idea of basically you automating Restoring the all of the files to um to a, a file system structure based on the the client and date, um my, would you be able to sort of let's say I've got you know I've got a petabyte of backups, but I don't want to buy a petabyte of storage. Um can you work with the backup product to automate the process of let's restore? X amount of data, and then back it up, then delete it, then restore X amount of data again, and just automate that process. And it may take whoever knows how long it'll take, but if you automate it, it could just run twenty four by seven, and eventually all that stuff would be transferred. Are you able to do that?
0: It's pretty much what we do with our our migration to Net Backup, and there's no reason that we couldn't create um, a, a agents for other backup products, um, other than just the, the sheer amount of time and effort it, it goes into that level of research. But working directly with a vendor um, could speed up that, that entire process. And if all it's doing is looking at, okay, this set of data is ready for you to sweep or or, or backup depends on where we're restoring it to because when i was talking about the the ideas with, with Convault with the object store the whole idea there is that because it was written into a Convault object store it's already right. then protected by Convault. yeah so there's no additional separate backup process that particularly has to work and likewise the way that we're looking at working with writing data into the cohesity Um, shared file system, again, it's not needing a separate backup process to run, but there wouldn't be anything to stop us from from taking that approach. Um, Like I say, when we do with NetBackup, yes, we convert the entire catalog so that NetBackup can read the catalog, Um, but then if we were to automate the migration of all the legacy data into NetBackup's own storage, what we do is we tell NetBackup to duplicate each of the media content that we've converted. So we convert something, turn it back up. Now you can duplicate it onto here. When it's done, we clear down our storage, convert the next one, duplicate, and so on and so forth. Um, obviously, the, the more storage we've got, the more access to tape drives we've got, the more memory, the more CPUs, the more of these conversion threads and everything that can be run in parallel. So you can speed the whole process up. But going back to your question, there is nothing to stop us from having a, a hook into the destination backup product through one of our agents that would allow it to you know perform a task that it needs to do so that the process can can continue to flow
1: what i'm hearing you say simon is for veritas you can actually do what i what i really really want which is to directly you you were saying duplicate you make the other backups look like Net Backup backups, so that Net Backup can then duplicate those backups into a Net Backup backup, and thus basically you you do get what I'm what I was dreaming of, which is to go directly from the old backup product to the new backup product without intermediate storage. Is that do I understand you correctly?
0: There's um, a cache disk area that we use for converting. Well, that duplication runs, but yes, we 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 take the old backup and we make it fully a net backup backup to the point that it's backup date and time matches with the old date and time. So you can have some data that, that you know, appears to have been backed up before that backup product existed.
1: <laughs> okay. So that's interesting. You're saying you do that for Veritas today um, and you do for the other product where you, where you just, where you just automating the restore. Migrating from product A to product B, my or what did you call it? You called it restore without backup recovery product. Without I think is what vendor. you called it. You yeah. do that for all of the products that you support. Yeah, recovery without vendor. Uh, you do that for all the products you support. But this going essentially directly. You're saying you do have a cache. Um, how big does that cache need to be?
0: It, okay, it needs to be um, either three times the size of the actual image that you're looking at, or preferably um, two times the size of the media if we're working through media. It just means that you're constantly able to cycle through things without causing um, delay to the automation process. Obviously, if you want to do things quicker, you've got to throw more cash at it. You you need more disk space, um, more memory, more CPU for the more data that you want to convert in a short period of time otherwise
1: it's you know so it's,
0: it's not a, it's not a miracle that we've performed <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> when you said three times the size of the image my understanding what you mean is three times the size of the biggest image like meaning file backup so in the case of net backup you have a tar image that's the thing you're saying you want to be <clears throat> three times the size of right
0: yes approximately so we would be looking okay. at
1: not that. not three times the size of the entire set of backups that you're planning on doing because that would be rather large
0: no uh, unless we're trying to stream our way through an entire media um and then you know it, it could be that you want to to cache a whole load of it together other aspects come into it have you got multiplexed images um, and, and things like that and and it, it does mean that we need more caching area available when we start playing with those things but for most use cases sort of three times the the size of the largest image is is sufficient to to keep things flowing one thing i'll add um, because file system data pretty straightforward that is the same across all backup products you know it was read from a file system it goes back to a file system mm-hmm. when we start looking at application data databases mm-hmm. and even things like vmware um trans approach when going to net backup is to actually make them look like application database and vmware within net backup albeit at the the lowest common denominator of, of the features that the origin product is likely to have had rather than all the new bells and whistles that, that Veritas may be able to provide to, to the same thing.
2: So, in that case, Simon, I could technically take, say, a TSM Oracle database backup, convert it, import it into NetBackup using Transman, and still be able to do like log level restores or transaction level. Recovery, is that correct? Yes. Of my Oracle database.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And if you can't, <laughs> you know, and and even if we weren't talking about the net backup based solution, when we do recovery as files, we convert the files or the data streams because they would have been backed up to some level of a stream level. We convert them back into files that could be still applied to the application or to um. The, the database so that you can still restore from them and um, we've, we've done quite a bit of um, research and writing down of steps of how you go through and, and do each of those sort of uh, recovery to application or database from the the files that we can retrieve from the uh, the backup product.
1: And it looks like you support net backup backup exec TSM uh, which they now call what do they call it Correct. spectrum protect. Uh, data protector and combo. Yes,
0: and we are looking at adding networker to the uh, the list in in the, f- the nearest. Sort of
1: future. You've heard of that product, haven't you, Persona? <laughs> Just a little. Persona used to work for that vendor. Um, <laughs> long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. All right, Simon. Well, that I, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm glad you came on. This was not a product I was aware of. I think there's some real interesting possibilities. Uh, including uh, for the company that I happen to work for. Um, You know, I I think that there's a huge market for helping people to move off of old backup products. And um, I'm glad to see somebody stepping up to that particular problem to solve it. So thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And uh, Prasanna, thank you for your uh, wonderful questions and uh, occasional non-medical advice.
2: (laughs) I am not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I hope you feel better, Curtis. And thank you, Simon. Yep. Enjoyable as
1: always on this podcast with guests. So. Thanks, guys. And uh, thanks again to our listeners. And remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all.
3: There was a file, but I deleted it. To bad your backup system isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space. Story. run. Hoping that just for once it'll be completely done. Maybe one day it'll all work out. Your sure so-